Stuttgarter Tor ist leer. Alles oder nichts. Das komplette Fleisch ist aus dem Grill. Auf dem Grill die Ecke kommt. Und er ist drin! Und er ist drin! Der absolute Wahnsinn! Der VfB Stuttgart bleibt in der ersten Fußball-Bundesliga. Schiebt sich vor. Welcome to episode 95 of Val FA Stuttgart Americana, an American-based English language Val FA. Man, I, Matt, I messed it up already. Our intro, we are nine points, fourth place on the table. Matt, I can't even get through our intro right now. Should I just stop and cancel the podcast right now? What's happening? I don't. We we can't quit now. We're ahead. <laughs> uh, we've got. It, it's understandable that you're having a hard time. We are in uncharted territory. We have the Bundesliga lead leading scorer. Mm-hmm. Um, since Sarah Jirasi started playing for Stuttgart, no player in the Bundesliga has scored more goals than he has. Period. Since September of last year. Holy The dude smoke. is, if this was NBA Jam, firefighters would be following him around right now. <laughs> Boom shakalaka. <laughs> Indeed. Absolutely. He is unbelievable right now. Yeah, that is Matt. He has got himself under control. You can reach him at Cell Racer. My name is Travis. I am just a disaster of happiness right now. You can reach me at Hasselfish. You can reach us on Twitter at Valfi Americana. We have even got a special guest with us to kind of break down how great things are going because Matt and I just just aren't ready for this. Um, his name is Austin. Austin from the Ukiah SC Freiburg Society. Austin, how are you doing? Well, I'll tell you this. I think outside of your wife, there's only one person that despises your happiness more than she does. And it's me. I'm doing good. How are you doing? How are you doing, Matt? Could not be better. No, we're doing good here. Austin is going to join us. He is a Freiburg supporter. He's going to give us a little bit of outside information today. Matt, here's the problem, though. We slipped from first place in week one to third place last week. We're now in fourth place. Should we fire everybody? Just start over what's going on sweep them out it's a consistent drop back we've seen nothing but underperforming this year it's no (laughs) it's a fluke of nonsense like if we're above 14th place i'm happy we only scored three goals fire everybody Here's part one. We got some shout outs here. So Val Bay Bingo, we almost had it. We just needed the Carnival Club reference and we would have gotten our first ever bingo. Matt, what was your favorite Carnival ride as a kid? Oh, I like the Gravitron. <clears throat> just being on those little the boards that were at like a 45 degree angle and the thing spun around. And as a kid, it felt like you were sliding 10 feet up the wall. And now as an adult, I realize you move about six inches. Um, but as like an eight-year-old, that was amazing. There's nothing that makes me more proud of America than those random traveling carnival <laughs> rides that shoot children into the air and they travel all across America. Uh, pod predictions, Austin, you won again. You went seven and three, uh, seven and two. You nailed all three of our clubs, Freiburg, Hennis, and obviously Stuttgart. Uh, you've got a three-game lead over Matt. Austin, how are you feeling uh, leading the way and uh, just winning two weeks in a row? It feels good. I, I got to admit it. You know, as we're going to talk about your next com- opponent, Darmstadt, uh, you know, I just go with my gut. I go with my colon. I go with my <laughs> testing. I go with my gut. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe we haven't had you on a while. This is a shocking development here. We've got the OFC Cleveland watch party is it's on. It's going to take place September 30th at Immigrant Sun Brewery. If you have any questions about it, please if you're in the area, let me know. We're uh, trying to see how many people we'll get for this thing, but we're looking to have a watch party where we're going to get together, have some beers, watch the game against Cologne and all that stuff. Matt, there actually was a question from Jeremy Reitman who was asking, hey, Matt, any plans for the future Michigan watch party? So, Matt, what do you got? So I did was talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, on Friday night, we had our local uh, Oktoberfest celebration over the weekend here. And Matt, my buddy, who's a Wolfsburg, and um, 
He's a Wolfsburg and Eintracht Braunschweig fan. Oh my. And I was there in my Legendo kit. He had a Braunschweig kit on and a random gentleman came up and said, where did you guys get those shirts? Like, what are you talking about? He goes, those are like, did you find those at, at a thrift store or something? I'm like, <laughs> no, why? And he looks at me, he goes, are you from Stuttgart? I said, oh. no. He says, why do you have that jersey? Oh, yeah. said, I'm a huge Favre Bay fan. And he goes, for real? I'm actually, I'm from Stuttgart. Oh my God. And he was here in my little town in Michigan. And we had a lovely chat. And once he realized it was the Legendo kit, and I was like, I ordered this as soon as he scored that header. You know, and blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, you actually do follow this team. That's uh-huh. amazing. Why? <laughs> but, <laughs> but lovely interaction. Uh, had a lot of fun. Met a couple other Bundesliga fans at the thing. So me and my buddy started talking about maybe we find a, a local pub here to watch something at some ungodly hour in the morning and have beers before breakfast. That's fantastic. And I also love the segue of, hey, you obviously got this at a thrift shop. No, <laughs> it's one of the most traditional clubs in Germany. Damn you. Uh, former Stuttgart players. Uh, here's a great story, Matt. Uh, Kalijic reached out on Twitter to congratulate Seiru on his hat trick. Wataro Endo came back to say goodbye from Liverpool. Uh, There's some great videos of him saying goodbye to the players. Both uh, actually met up in the Premier League uh, this week. They actually didn't play, but... Uh, and Borna Sosa had an assist in Ajax's uh, three-to-one loss, but he had the assist there. Matt, talk about Endo coming back. Kalajic has been active on Twitter, just congratulating Stuttgart. Borna had his opening Ajax match in a loss, unfortunately. But the big story, I think, was just Endo coming back. He was gathering his family. They're heading back to England because uh, I guess they were, you know, shutting up shop here in Stuttgart. It was really touching to kind of see him come back talk to some of the staff, talk to some of the players. Um, I don't know if you saw any videos there, Matt, but Endo coming back. Any thoughts on that? It was so neat. I saw a video where uh, Karazor was heading out to the training pitch and he had stopped to tie up his boots and Endo was walking by and the surprise from Karazor and just the interaction they had, you could tell these two guys genuinely like each other and that Karazor was excited to see his former captain back at the club. And Endo had that kind of awkward, like, I'm happy to be here seeing my friends, but also like, I don't know what to do now that I'm here. It's like when you go to, when you go back to college after you've graduated and you're like, I'm not sure what I do here anymore. Um, so it was, it was very sweet. It was very touching. I'm glad that he felt like he could come back. It was nice to see the players that he saw welcoming him back. Um, and just everybody seems really pumped for him to be living his dream. And that's awesome. Yeah, I think that's something we get into later is the comfort level that Stuttgart provides for these players to where they still root for the club and they're still coming back to the club. I think that's just that's that's so awesome to see. So I was really touched by Endo coming back and just interacting with the guys and kind of the surprise or like you said it was really neat to see him and stenzel and waldy and those guys interact a little bit uh ofc fantasy football we had scrub rubs he won the whole thing uh cool runnings is still in first place so village footies in third ofc tip spiel congratulations to peter from valfi omaha out in nebraska he won the whole thing uh stefan is one point behind him uh blue sky matt i want you to chat about this just for a second so as everybody knows, we're on Twitter, and by everybody, I mean the two people listening to this, which is you and Austin. <laughs> uh, we're thinking about moving some of our stuff over to this thing called Blue Sky. Now, nobody knows this, but off the air, we spent about 20 minutes trying to just get Austin to actually dial up <laughs> to the program. Um, Austin, you still there? Did you say something? <laughs> Good. <laughs> so Matt, tell us about Blue Sky and what should we expect in the coming days or weeks? So old hands on Twitter uh, who've been there from the beginning will recognize Blue Sky as looking something like Twitter did in like 2013. Um, it's a Twitter clone that got stood up when Elon Musk bought Twitter and everything started breaking because he fired everybody. So I've been on Blue Sky for a little while and playing around with it. It's a little janky to be honest but twitter is getting more and more janky every day and more stuff is breaking so we're setting up shop over there just as a contingency plan 
Um, my handle is at Toaz, my last name, T-O-A-Z. So people can find me there. If you need an invite code, Blue Sky is still invite only. Uh, send me a note on Twitter at Stale and I'll hook you up with an invite code while I have them. But we're going to be trying to mirror as much of our Twitter stuff over on Blue Sky as we can so that when inevitably Twitter self-destructs, <laughs> um, this wonderful community that we built with all the people who we interact with every day is not completely toast uh, without some sort of backup plan. That's the biggest sad thing I have is that I love that we're over a thousand followers on Twitter. And I don't say that to brag because that's probably nothing in the grand scheme of things, but it's just the community that I interact with on Twitter is a pretty positive community. And it, part of it is because that's all I interact with is, is it's about valve based stuff. It's Bundesliga mm -hmm. stuff. It's, it's it, Derek Ray and Matt Toez and, it's just stuff like that. So I don't get into the darker stuff of it. So Twitter for me is fine, but we're trying to make sure that we don't completely lose everything that we've <laughs> built up. So uh, like Matt said, give us a follow on blue sky. If uh, we're going to try to do that. And Matt, this is big for you and I, because we're going to share accounts now. This is basically like a, a marriage, a brotherhood. And I, I don't have a brother. Austin, you still there? <laughs> Did you say something? <laughs> so man, this is kind of a big deal, right? I mean, it's like we're we're getting a digital third base, Travis. <laughs> oh, oh, this this is fantastic. It's like I just found out I was adopted. <laughs> oh, <I'm> good. <laughs> hey, you're not that lucky, buddy. All right, let's go to the get back on target here. The OFC man of the match for the first time ever. Of all the votes cast, we had a hundred percent vote. David said this, David Small, has there ever been a more obvious choice for a man of the match? If anyone voted for anyone else, let me know. I would like to shame them publicly. Matt, do you want to take a wild guess as to who is man of the match for this one from the OFC? It can't be anybody but Seru Jirasi. And I will say, David, I almost voted for somebody else Ooh. just because I figured I would be the only one who didn't vote for Jirasi. So <laughs> feel free to publicly shame me anyway. It was so obvious. Austin, as an outsider, was there anybody but Seiru who could have won this award? And he did 100%, which, if you know anything about Stuttgart supporters, that never happens. But we all came together on this day. Austin, as an outsider, was there anybody else who could have won this award? Well, because Young wasn't starting or played. <laughs> I, yeah, it had to be. But I, I was surprised Stencil didn't get a, you know, any Freiburg former player didn't get a vote. <laughs> Oh man, why didn't Matt we invite the Freiburg guy onto this podcast? Mistakes have been made. Yeah. All right, here we go. Part two. We're let's let's dive into the match here. So Mainz is on the road. We're, we're traveling to them. Um, I forgot, Matt, how bad our away form was until the announcers mentioned it uh, before the match started that we'd only had two wins in the previous 15 matches, a win at Bochum and a win at Mainz, as it turned out. You and I were both really positive heading into this one. Did any of that change going into it? Because for me, it didn't. I was ridiculously optimistic going into this match. And it's really down to one dude. It's down to that Seiru Garasi guy. Did your optimism change at all? Or were you feeling pretty good going into this one? I was feeling real good going into it. And it's it's kind of nice right now that like, no matter what game we're going into, it's like, we got Garasi. He's going to make something happen. That's a, a lovely luxury to have. Also, Mainz has had a really bad start to the season. Um, they had a really bad start to last season and they didn't get it together until around the midpoint of the season. So it feels like mine's a scuffling pretty hard. And I had completely uh, memory hold the fact that mine says owned us away for so long until the announcer said it. And it was at that point that I went, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. like, I, I still feel like we were, we're okay, but crap. No, there was a point where I was like, all right one point on the road realistically isn't a bad thing but i was super optimistic going into this and austin i'm going to turn this over to you for a second so the lineup comes out and what there were no surprises in the lineup but i'm going to turn to you a little bit here because wu young jung 
is in South Korea playing in the Asian Cup, and he could be gone for a little bit. Um, do you think the club is going to miss him while he's gone? Because he could be gone for most of the month of September. You are a Freiburg supporter. He played for you. You're a fan of his. Do you think the club's going to miss him, or will he be okay with some of the replacements? Uh, not with the way that the team's playing right now. I think the team is such a complete team. Not not complete, but they're they're playing so well together right now that you you could take a piece out that's not Jirasi or the goalie, and I think you could uh, you could you know keep keep the momentum going. I mean, your worst position, if you think about it, is probably stencil, and stencil's having a great year by mm-hmm. all standards, and I think you could plug in anybody. You you saw Malloy. I mean, if that's his name. Uh, he, he, he stepped Be in low. and played well. And, but, but the thing is that I think a lot of the, the guys on this team are, are playing well together and they look comfortable together. And that's, and yeah, I think they're not going to miss young that much, but when he comes back, yeah, he'll, he'll help you guys out. But I think you guys are going to be good. I I, I kind of like two things that you said there. One, how you mispronounced Milo and called him Malloy, because that's why I love having you on, on the podcast. But two, I love what you said about how they're coming together as a unit. And that's something we're going to talk about later, but let's talk about right now. Matt, I broke this down into luck, health, and efficiency. And that's kind of how I want to break this down. And I'm going to go through the three categories and then Matt, I'll turn to you. And then also I'll turn to you. So luck. Nubel played great. He had a couple just fantastic saves to keep us in the match. Uh, the post came to our defense. Uh, Mainz had a shot that everybody gave up on, and it hit off the post. Uh, Mainz missed at least two chances in the second half. We looked a little bit rough, kind of like a, a FIFA video game with a lot of bounce passes in the first half. You could tell Mainz's game plan was working really well against us. A lot of long balls down the wing that we were kind of struggling with. So that's the luck category, Matt. So then the next category is health. Um, Dan Axel was a little banged up at the end of the Freiburg match. And then Ada, Angelo, Dan Axel, this match, and Hiroki looked hurt, but thankfully weren't hurt this match. So I think we're getting lucky. I think we, we're getting some health. And then I'm going to go to the efficiency. And this is the easy one, but I almost want you to avoid this. It's Seiru. The announcer said at some point that he has made every shot on goal that he has taken eight for eight. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I don't want to look it up. I hope it is. He's got eight goals. He had the hat trick. Each goal was gorgeous, just gorgeous. But Angelo and Waldy had really gorgeous tactical defensive yellow card fouls in the 60th and the 66th minute that stopped Mainz breakaways because that's what they were trying to do. So let's go back and forth on this for a little bit. Matt, I'm going to start with you. I got luck. I got health. I got efficiency. Where do you want to start with? And then Austin, I'll turn to you. I want to start with health because it's been such a huge thing for this club over the last four years, really. We've had guys dropping like crazy right before COVID. We had a bunch of guys out with injury. Uh, the club got hit with wave after wave of COVID infection running through the clubhouse. And then we continued to have the injury bug. I don't think during Matarazzo's entire tenure, he had a full strength roster. So the fact that we've got all of our guys up and running at 100% right now on a squad that is admittedly a little bit lacking in depth in some areas Um is making all the difference in the world. If we didn't have the guys, our center backs in place, uh, mine's threatened a couple times and the defense played pretty well in this game. If, if our uh, midfield wasn't serving up Jirasi the ball, we're in trouble. So it's having a healthy squad for a change is making a huge, huge difference for us. The the only time we were healthy on our Monterazzo was that first year we got bumped back in the Bundesliga and we finished in ninth place at that point. And that was yeah. it. But we lost. He lost the last six, seven matches. He blew out his knee at that point. So you're absolutely correct. He, Matarazzo, only had 30 games where he had a healthy club. But when we did have a healthy club, we finished in the top half of the Bundesliga. So, Austin, let me turn to you. As an outsider, I mean, it's you look at the club and you're like, all right, how good is this group? So let's break it down. Luck, 
health, efficiency. Which one of those stands out for you when you look at Valpy Stuttgart? Well, I think with in regards to luck, I mean, every team needs to have luck. Every team needs to have health. I think your guys' efficiency, the way you got, again, how you guys are playing together. There, a, a couple of years ago when it was Sasha and Klyjic, everybody was sitting around waiting for them to do something. Now everybody seems like they're involved. It seems like when you guys are passing the ball, you're passing it within a scheme instead of just looking for the open guy or, or trying to get it away from somebody to the open guy. So I think your efficiency, the way that everybody's playing together and, and seems to know what they're doing, and the fact that your, your coaching is stable, I think that's huge for the team. I love that idea of everybody's together. It's almost like that, that phrase where the – some of the parts is greater than the individual where we lost endo we lost dinos we lost borna but for some reason we're playing more like a union berlin or a freiburg to where the unit seems to make more sense matt so i don't know if there's more it's it, it's the unit or we we still have individual talent here i mean jeff and i were talking on the side that Freiburg, I'm sorry, uh, Cologne only spent like $2 million on players over the course of the window. You know, Valpes, we still spent close to 20. So it wasn't like we just gave up. Lock health efficiency, you want to jump in one more time on any of those or or bounce off what Austin said about how we're just playing really well together? It's We are playing really well together. And Austin's right, the team does look like they have a plan for the first time in a little while, but the efficiency is something you and I have used in our conversations about this team. Jossie is seven for seven. Like that's nuts. Mm. He hasn't missed. He gets in an attacking position where he can shoot on the net. It's in. That's we've been a team for the last, let's say four years that creates a lot of chances and buries very few. And now we're a team that's creating a medium number of chances, but we're converting all of them. Yeah. And that's the that's the difference right there. Jirasi is burying balls in the back of the net, and our strikers in years past were just not. Yeah, I'm yeah you, saw it, you saw it early on. I'm sorry. You saw it early on. Uh, the ball got to Fierich, and he did his one move, <laughs> and they, they cut it off. And in, in like Matt's saying, in years past, that would be it. But now now you got you got Jirasi go in and you got the other components of the whole team working together and it, it's opening up the field and it creating the opportunities for Jurassic. No, I like that idea of opening up the field. Cause we'll get into that later about one of the guys who's not benefiting from this too much, but we'll get into that later. But I think it's health is like when out went down, I was really worried because all of a sudden they, all they did was they put like the sponge of water on his thigh and it magically made him better. Even the announcers <laughs> like, Oh, the water on his thigh. That'll, mm. And I'm like, I thought he had pulled a calf or a, a thigh muscle the way and then Angela Stiller went down and he looked like he had broken his ankle into 17 pieces. And luckily he got back. And the guy who I think is becoming key to the defense. And I never thought I would say this is Dan Axel Zagadu. He, he looked like he was hurt a little bit and he was fine. And then Hiroki Ito did have to come out, but to me, it's health. I think the roster has always been pretty solid when it comes to talent, but they've always been unlucky when it comes to injuries. And now it seems like they're a little bit healthy. So Matt, before we go to final thoughts and kind of the reality here, any last players or moments you want to talk about? Cause we actually haven't even talked about the match at all. I mean, <laughs> Mites tried to play long ball. We were playing possession ball. We had a couple opportunities. We made efficient finishes with those opportunities. It's just funny because we're not actually breaking the match down as much as we're breaking down how well the unit is, is playing together, Matt. So, Last, we got Alex played great. Waldy played great. Stiller played great. Hiroki, Chris, Silas, Middlestop played great. Any last thoughts on on the match? We're we're deep down in the feelings ball here, <laughs> uh, which is totally fine. Um, I do want to say the the spine of the team here: Anton Zagadu, Karazor, Stiller. Those guys played really, really well. And Milo up in front of all of them as kind of a, a attacking pivot 
we've been asking like what's going on with him where has he been why is he starting behind um behind other people and just doesn't matter just they're all great everybody played really well did their part gave Jirasi everything he needed to be successful so that's if we can keep this core together and switch out some guys on the wings and Stenzel and Ito keep playing at the level there we're gonna have a lot of success this year yeah Matt I want to say with you on this one is that I think what struck me about this match is that Mainz was hungry right they haven't had a lot of success early they were playing at home and I don't think anybody's scared of Valpe Stewart coming to their place at this point. I think they're starting to get scared. And so I'm sure they saw this as a chance to get points. We were patient. It was almost boring to watch at points because Mainz was being very direct, kicking the ball down the wings it's every opportunity they had. And we were doing the kind of the pass back, Waldy to Zagadu, Zagadu to Waldy, Waldy to the goalie, the goalie. And you're just like, all right, I, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and come back and, and wait for you guys to do something. But I just thought it was so efficient. And that's the word we're using to where they're just, they picked their moments. We had a little bit of luck and we had some efficiency there and we were able to get the job done. So let's get to the final thoughts and reality here. <laughs> We've got a five to nothing win. A one to five loss, a five to nothing lo- uh, win, and a three to one win on the road. We are fourth place on the table, Matt. Uh, Honus, his goal difference is plus twenty one at this point. He's only lost two Bundesliga matches. Uh, the rest of the table, uh, poor Hennis, they lost to Hoffenheim. Augsburg was blown out by Leipzig. Jeff doesn't even want to be on the podcast right now because he's like, "Why are you guys even worried about the bottom of the table right now? You got nine points." It took us 12 matches, Matt, to get nine plus points last year. We're four matches in and we've got nine points. I mean, final thoughts on the day, on the weekend, nine points, fourth place. (laughs) What's happening? I I think there's two things that kind of illustrate where I'm at right now. And one is that watching the game um, early on in the first half, the only crowd noise you could hear was the traveling Falafé contingent. And that makes me so happy constantly. It's my favorite part about away games. And that's, I think that's got having an impact on the team. And the other thing is that Nubel played really well today. We haven't mentioned him at all yet, but also the one goal he let in was a Plinko ping ponging weird thing that went in off his face. So dude's given everything he's got. And it was a weird thing that brought us down and that's just that feels like that's where this team is at right now it's taking something weird and dumb to put any dent in the armor of this club and it's not been like that for a long long time and i'm just savoring every second we get this i love listening on espn plus and not knowing if it's an away game or a home game you're a hundred percent right about (laughs) It was there. It was Harry there though for about twenty minutes in the second half. It was Harry, where minus yeah. credit was given. But then that place turned into a Valafish Stuttgart away arena because it all you could hear was the Oxen hundred you know nine Dreisig. It was amazing and I, huge credit to the traveling support. Like always, they turned that place into just a, another home match there. Um, Austin, any. Final thoughts. If you're an outsider looking at Valby Stuttgart right now, what are you thinking? I'm thinking basically what you guys said. You guys nailed it a couple weeks ago. You're not a top-tier Bundesliga team. But How, dare you? How dare you? We're fourth place. How dare you? You're welcome. Uh, no, no, but seriously, you got, when, when you look at the team, you're looking at a team that doesn't have any, quote-unquote, stars on it. So you're going in, you're and you're looking at who can we, who can we take advantage of? Anton's not that guy. I would love to see Anton after he retires be one of those guys with the megaphone and the crowds. <laughs> it, it, but it, and then you got to sit there and go, what are we going to do with Jirasi? But you're also looking. You got to take care. Of, you're not thinking too much about Furich, but you do have to put somebody on him. But you're they're, they're a team that you got to plan for. You know, you got to take some time and plan for them instead of just going, okay, we're going to run this type of, you know, formation and we're just going to sit back because 
seemed like that's what mine's tried to do for the first 20, 25 minutes, just sit back on you guys. Yeah, it, it definitely is a fun place to be where people are worried about us as opposed to us worrying about them. It's a weird spot to be. It's not comfortable at all. <laughs> all right, Matt. So that's an outsider's view. What about an insider's view? You know, final thoughts. I mean, <laughs> come on, we're fourth place on the table. Um, this has got to be a glorious time to be a Val B supporter. Um, how are you feeling? I am so, so happy, not <laughs> just with the results, but the ways the team's playing right now, the way we're getting goals. Um, you know, I, I've harped endlessly about poor off-ball movement in years past, and we're getting some of that now. We're playing organized. As, as Austin mentioned earlier, we have a purpose. It's This team is so much fun to watch right now, and I'm just soaking every second of it in. It's crazy because I – don't know how to feel with us having this much success. I almost feel bad because all the friends I have are supporters of clubs that are in the bottom six right now. And we're in the top four. It's like, we finally have the manager we wanted. Like Sebastian Honus seems to have a bit of Pellegrino to him, which we all love. We Mm -hmm. seem to have the players we love, right? We all love Seiru. We love Anton. We love, you know, those guys. And we're finally getting health and luck. Like watching Dan Axel Zagadoo push Seiru out so that he could single-handedly get the praise from the supporters. I love two things. I love that Seiru didn't want to do it, but then he did. But I love that Dan Axel, who has just been injury prone forever, had the biggest smile on his face and was the key guy pushing him out there i just there's just so much to love about what's happening right now i don't want it i don't want it to end i just want to matt i just want to soak it all soak it all up yeah it it's hard not to be really happy with after everything that the the team has been through and the players and we as fans watching this nonsense Hmm. um it's nice to see success on the field for a while you brought up a great segue speaking of nonsense let's move on to news headlines questions and you know what it was an annual general meeting oh boy matt you this? yeah no <laughs> all right so part three here, news and headlines. So, Valby Stuttgart had their annual general meeting. Now, if you're not a follower of Bundesliga clubs, they have to do this every year. And in fact, our OFC has to do this in the next few weeks. And you just have a meeting and you kind of have to bring up whatever the members want to bring up. And as Valpy is a membership driven club, there were a couple issues that were up there and a couple of hot button issues. Now, of the one of the things that Matt was kind of key here, and Oz, you'll probably have to sit this out for a bit. Of the 85,000 members, it, it, number one, that's amazing, right? There's 85,000 members in Valve Shuga right now. About 1,000 showed up. So that tells you a little bit about how significant people thought this meeting was. Because I do remember a few years back when they were talking about the spinoff, making Valve be a club to a club and a company, there was thousands of people that showed up. But the big issues were this. Uh, Klaus vote, would he be voted out or would he stay? Would there be some election reforms, yes or no? Would some of the board members be voted out? Turns out none of those things happened, but the votes were relatively high, around 70% for both. And what I mean by that is that um, Klaus vote was not voted out. He is remaining the club's president, but it did get around 70% that said, yes, we'll support him. Um, for the election reforms, would the members be able to select who would be running for particular positions that got up to about 70%. So I know that these numbers don't make a lot of sense, but basically the membership did indicate, Hey, we're not super excited about what's happening, but we are willing to stay the course a little bit. The biggest thing was that Alex Verrill admitted mistakes, hiring Bruno among them. And Matt, from what I followed on Twitter and, and Bruno like, Number one, you got to follow this guy. He's amazing. He, he sends all kinds of information. He was giving second by second updates of what was happening. 
Um, but when Alex admitted mistakes, one of them being hiring Bruno and another one being not hiring a sporting director, he actually got some sympathy and he has been the villain number one of all of this stuff. Just your general thoughts of the democracy in action that is so completely foreign to any supporter of an American sports club as to what just happened this past weekend. So I, I love that this happens. Um, the concept of it is fantastic. And I think it keeps our team and other Bundesliga and Zweite Bundesliga teams from having some of the same problems that we see in England with Premier League teams. And, you know, you watch Manchester United right now is having protest after protest after protest because they've got caretaker owners who aren't interested in doing much of anything and are just sucking the money out of the club. And we can't have that because of the 50 plus one. So that's fantastic. Um, I don't want to get all like corporate psychology on, on this. This is not the show for that, but Beryl admitting a mistake is huge. We don't see that enough in people of responsible positions in general. So the fact that he owned it said, yep, I screwed up. Uh, shouldn't have done that. That to me, that speaks really well for him. And that would earn him sympathy from me as well. So between that, the run of success the club is on right now, I think people are poised to let things ride as they are um, and kind of give this new idea of how things are being done with the club being a separate entity from the business unit, which I still don't fully have my head wrapped around yet, but it, it's different than what it's been in the past. And I think people are, as long as there's success and we have less chaos, which we've had a lot of chaos lately, I think the the people in charge will get a lot of runway to see how this plays out. I hope this doesn't come off as too controversial as to what you and I are about to say. It's, I don't think either of us were either like Klaus is enemy number one. We thought, you know, communication could be better. I think that's our biggest thing is communication could be better. And <laughs> considering nobody can communicate to us at all because we can't speak or understand German at all, <laughs> we always call for a better communication. But did did uh, did Ballot Beef uh, have their meeting on a Tuesday at like five o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> like Freiburg did? Is that why nobody showed up? <laughs> no, it was a weekend, and and people showed up, but not that that many people. I think, yeah, the run of form, is, is we said, helps. But also, there's one or two things going on here with, you know, roughly a 1,000 people showing up. Either people aren't worried about it, so they don't feel the need to take the time out of their day to go and engage in this, and they feel okay with things are. And so it's only the real hardcore or uh, retired folks with nothing better to do. Or people are totally disengaged and disinterested. And I don't feel like it's the latter right now because of the way the team is playing. So my armchair quarterback uh, political analysis of this is that people aren't freaking out right now for the first time in a while. And that's why the attendance is down. They're just kind of okay with things or where things are at right now. That makes sense. It seems like in America where like, you know, during election season, during midterms, nobody really shows up because everything seems to be fine but when there's a you know a major major national election everybody seems to show up so maybe it's a good thing so let's get into some of the questions and comments that we have here uh the big one matt is see loss and body language so let's chat about chat about this is that the last two matches his body language has been really poor when Valpi just scored a goal. He hasn't really celebrated. And there's a picture, if you look, of Seiru celebrating his hat trick. And there's only one guy who's not smiling. And it's Silas, and, which is weird because he's the one guy who smiles all the time. He seems to be very happy-go-lucky. So, Matt, I'm going to go with you on this one. Is is there something going on there? Is there something bizarre happening with Silas? Because he looks like he's playing the best he's played since his knee injury so i i noticed this during the game as well and one of the things that i thought is is silas looking at jirasi and saying that should be me like i've been here i've been doing stuff i've been going through it i've been putting the work in 
and this guy comes in out of nowhere and all of a sudden he's the fan favorite and like that could be he could be just having a hard time with that that's a human thing to feel like you've been replaced by somebody so i i don't think any of the fans have given up on silas i think his role on the team has changed um hopefully honus can sit him down and they can have a good positive conversation about that and he can get his his head squared around but he did he he did seem to be a little disengaged a little frustrated and i thought i saw him limping a little bit uh when he went off the field so maybe he's a little sore or nursing a little something it, it it's hard to say, but I'm, I'm going to guess most of it is, you know, this guy came in and stole my thunder and that sucks. But the reality is Silas, love you, buddy. You don't have this final touch. He's so important. What we do though. It's like when you watch, when we get that breakaway, Seiru just has a positional awareness and then Silas, they have to pay attention to him and Chris. And it's a case where I think, we talked about this last episode, the hockey assist, where Silas's positioning, they're scared of him because he has so much pace and he looks so much faster and stronger than he has the last couple of years. So I hope it's just, I really want him to get a goal in the next, on Friday. Because yeah. uh, I think that'll solve a lot of the issues. So let's take this back to players that we've loved. So Flabby Viking, frequent contributor who we love on the show. Ask, quote, any player or players ever in your joint era of fandom you can think of having the same importance for us as Garasi has this year and at the end of last season. Um, like I said, it took us 12 games to get nine points last year. It's only taken us four this year. Um, Matt, any player that that hits you as, wow, Seiru-ish? The... I don't think anybody meets how important he has been functionally to the team. There's been a handful of guys who we thought this is going to be the dude. Um, This is a guy that's going to come in and change our fortunes because he's got this talent level. Uh, Not a single one of them panned out. You know, Daniel Ginchuk was supposed to come in and be a real offensive threat and didn't do much. Um, You know, Martin Harnick was real hot and then real, real, real cold for a long time. Um, nobody that's come in who was supposed to be the guy was the guy. And then Jirasi came in and we thought, well, maybe he'll be a contributor. And now he's the guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think anybody in the last decade compares to what he's doing with this club. I'm going to say that when Seiru showed up, I was not a believer at all because what I saw in Cologne, that guy was not a Bundesliga level striker at all. So I am a hundred percent wrong on that. The <laughs> the guy that I thought uh, really played a role though is when Mario Gomez came in at the second half of the season. Um, we basically traded him for Brecolo. He helped us finish in the top nine that season. So I'd say Mario Gomez on his second run, you know, with the team did a real nice job with that, but. Yeah, Seiru's production has just been amazing and all that stuff. There's a question that was asked is, I now think that we needed this change in the team, even if it hurts with the loss of Endo, Borna, and Mavropanos. But the fear of losing and falling was deeply rooted in the team and inhibiting them. Although, of course, they didn't want to, you know, lose. Players had to leave, including lean players, in order to get a fresh DNA into the team. And so far, it has to be working. Nobody took you know credit for this question, but I think it's a really interesting question. So, Austin, I want to talk to you first, and I'll go to Matt. Let's talk about this. Is it the idea of the team over the individual? And, Austin, as a supporter of Freiburg, you probably have a pretty interesting take on this because we've jettisoned a number of talented players for up of – Words around fifty million dollars. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Oz, is it is it a case of just the unit is coming together, and we were mm-hmm. able to get rid of the individuals, which sounds hurtful to say. But what what do you say to this as a Freiburg supporter who you support a club that seems to be more of Christian Strike, their manager, than actual players? Yeah, you know, my take on it is there's certain players that you could bring in you like we had a situation in Freiburg a couple of years ago where we had an influx of money to spend and we went out and we got certain players 
And my worry was we're paying for players just because we have the money to pay for players, not because they fit into our system. I think Stuttgart is finally getting players that fit into their system. And I think, you know, sometimes you can overpay for people just because they're out there and you think they're going to come in and do well in a certain position, even though, you know, they don't fit into the system that you have. And, you know, I think the, the coach that you have seems to have a hold on this team and he seems to know what he wants player wise and what he wants those players to do. And I think that's why you saw certain players, you know, get set when, when uh, Sosa got sat out. I mean, me as an outsider was going, that's one of your best players. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. But it seems to work out for you guys. And I, I think so. My feeling is that if you get the players that you need, you don't, and you don't overpay for those players, you're going to be all right. You know, it's Matt, but, it's interesting because Josh and Lori asked this question to go off what Austin just said is Josh said it must have been some halftime talk, still impressed with Honus as I was at the end of the season, as I am now. He's mulling his team into something special. Lori said, really wanted to see uh, Sebastian Honus for man of the match. His coaching is just really moving this team forward. So let's talk about Sebastian a little bit. I mean, this goes what Austin said is is he's a supporter of Freiburg where that club is really about strike. Their manager has been there for a thousand years. And Honus seems to be the guy who is the center of what's happened since good things have happened. So I don't know if we're giving him too much credit, not enough credit. I mean, going off what Austin said and what uh, Lori and Josh said, how much Honus credit do you give here? I give Honus a lot of credit. He came in last year when um, <clears throat> Bruno had driven the truck straight into a brick wall and <laughs> took the shattered husk of our club and patted everybody on the head and said, it'll be okay, guys. Come follow me this way and we'll get out of this. And it was touch and go there for a while, but we got out of it. And now we're seeing the benefit of him with an off season. Uh, with the transfer window. He brought in some guys that he worked with in previous places. He's changed our system around a little bit. Um, you, the, I think the fact that Borna Sosa, that we sold him for what we did and that the market value was what it was for him is a reflection not only of the fact that he wasn't really playing that great at the end for us, he was struggling a little bit, but also that he didn't have a place, a, a player of his caliber, He's a fantastic player, didn't fit into the plan. And the team was willing to say, we appreciate everything you did. We're going to make a transfer and make this work and sent him off to Ajax, a fantastic club where he's already having success. Um, But it speaks to Honus's impact and the level of control he has right now. And I think that's fantastic because I don't, you know, Bruno never had it. Bruno came in and said, we're going to do this thing. I'm going to play Anton at right back. I don't care that it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and it was a terrible idea. And before that, Matarazzo was doing well, but we talked about the injuries. He was shuffling a little bit. And then the new regime came in in the front office, and they didn't see eye to eye on anything. <clears throat> so I feel like a- along with some of the players leaving, a lot of people have gotten a fresh start. And Honus has really taken this opportunity to grab the club and say, this is what we're going to be and molding it in a, in a way that's sensible, not just forcing something that doesn't make sense. Cause last year we weren't playing this four at the back because yeah. we couldn't. Well, that's, that's kind of Matt. What I want to talk about is he played three at the back to get us out of relegation last year. Now we're playing four at the back and, I was concerned about that going into this season because all I've known for the last five years basically was three at the back and Honus was going to play four at the back. And you're like, you're going to play Stenzel at the back. I'm like, ah, that's, but Stenzel's had, like Austin said earlier, a career year in my opinion. So I loved and still do love Pellegrino and he's having a great success at Hoffenheim. Sebastian seems to have been able to, figure out how these guys play, but also figure out flexibility with the roster to whether it's three or four at the back. 
and to put them in, in a position to 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 have success. And the guy that's having the most success with this, let's go with it, is Seiru. I love this. Is uh Shumi fan 75. Tim always sends very long uh messages to us. He sent a very simple one. It was Seiru Jurassi with multiple exclamation marks. Um Somebody else sent in Jirasi at this point is already eight goals and four away from our prediction of 12 for the season by the midway point. I think he could pull away for 25 by the season end and win Bundesliga top goal scorer. Uh, somebody asked, can Jirasi continue with this scoring pace? When will this collapse happen? Somebody else said, canonize him, retire his jersey, keep to the city. Uh, how long will we have to keep him? Uh, DC Vinneman asks, here's some stats, Matt. Say, uh, there's all kinds of memes comparing his cost to Harry Kane, to Boniface from Bayer, uh, who's playing great. He scored 11 goals in 22 matches last year. He's got eight goals in four matches this season. That's a right. Rec- He's not going to keep that pace up. That's nuts. But it's a record not seen since 1967. There's a number of articles out there about how comfortable he is here, which is something that you and I talked about a couple of episodes ago about how Stuttgart is very, just a comfortable place for him. Um, let's just talk about Seru for a second more than we have talked, Matt. <laughs> of all the things I threw out at you, what strikes you the most? His comfort level is clearly key that he feels like he can go out and do what he does, that he understands his role. He knows what his coach is asking of him. He knows what his teammates are doing, gets the system, and can just go out there and be awesome. And there's a lot to be said for being in in that kind of position. If you're at work and you've got coworkers that you trust, you've got a boss uh, who's looking out for you, who's giving you clear direction and the tools you need to do, you're going to be happier at work. You're going to be more productive. You're going to perform better. And that's, that's what we're seeing. This guy shows up to the office every day. He knows what's expected of him and he's got the tools to do it and he's crushing it. Um, so that can't be understated. Now, I think as the season goes on and more film of what Falaf Bay is doing, of what Jurassic likes to do, get studied by these other teams, we're going to see adjustments and he's probably going to slow down a little bit because defenders are going to start keying on him. But that's the opportunity for Silas to take a step forward, for Chris Furich to take a step forward, for Enzo Milo. And so we've got other weapons. I think it's inevitable that Jurassic slows down, but I don't think that means that Fawaf Bay slows down. That's a great point because he is going to be gone for a number of games in January for the uh, Africa Cup. So hopefully we've got a nice lead on the table at that point. So let's get to the table itself. So there's a couple of questions here. I'm beginning to believe that not only is a top 10 finish possible, but we could even play for a spot in the conference league going out on a limb here. If we take care of Darmstadt, we will have relaxed season with no threat of relegation. Austin, I'm going to talk to you about this because you and I and Jeff talk about relegation all the time because our clubs are always up against it. If Valpy is able to take care of Darmstadt this week, Friday, which is one of your clubs, which is one of the reasons you're on here. Do you think we're good the rest of the year? I, I honestly, I think you are because, you know, I, I think Stuttgart is one of those clubs you got to look at now. And like you guys said, you guys are a mid table team, you're consistent. I think, yeah, I think you guys have all the, the components that your coach wants to execute the plan that he has. And so he doesn't have a bunch of people just sitting back and watching Mavropanos or someone else doing whatever they, you know, want to do that. You got a You got a system. You, you got people that are playing comfortable together. You got people that are executing a plan. And I think you guys are good. Yeah, man. I love what Austin said there. Cause it, it's just a case of we're a unit as opposed to a bunch of individuals. And do you think, the big question, if we can get three versus Darmstadt at home, are we safe? I'm not going to say we're <laughs> safe yet. No, I know. I felt like good ass. I can't. I, I'm, I'm broken <laughs> inside uh, as, a, as a sports fan. But we're well on the way to getting there. 
right? There's some teams right now that are having historically bad by their standards seasons. Cone is really struggling. Mainz is having a hard time. Augsburg, sorry, Oz, is having a rough time. Um, you know, München Gladbach, I just read a thing this morning just questioning why are they even bothering to show up kind of a thing. Like, what's <laughs> going on with München Gladbach? So we're looking to have a bigger pile at the bottom of the table than we normally do. Last year, we had like four teams that were relegation threatened. Right now, I can easily see six that have a good chance, maybe seven, depending on what Werder Bremen does with themselves. So I think we're in better shape than we have been. I don't think we'll have to worry about relegation, but I'm also not going to take the game against Darmstadt and saying, oh, all right, we're safe. How you mentioned the boogie word. How dare you? So let's get into that. All right, let's move on to part four. Valby Shugart hosting Darmstadt. All right, here we go. So awesome. One of the reasons we had you on this episode is that you are a closet Darmstadt supporter. Uh, so in 12 total matches, we are five, four, and three against you guys. But in six Bundesliga matches, we are four wins and two draws. So we've never lost in the Bundesliga. The last match was in uh, 2020, Matt, and it was Mario Gomez's final game. He got a goal, and we ended up losing three to one. He all had, you know, it, they wanted to get him a goal, and we had the season wrapped up. Uh, run running form. They're a strange club. They we're up two or three to nothing today as we record this and ended up lose or a uh, drawing against Gladbach. Um, they lost to fourth division side Hamburg in the Pokal. Then they, their closest game was against Frankfurt and then Gladbach today. They lost big to Union. They lost big to Bayer. Um, Austin, let me start with you on this one. You're the Darmstadt supporter here. If you're a Darmstadt supporter going into Alpe Stuttgart, how are you feeling about this Friday match? Not great. <laughs> I mean, like like I said, I think I think Valafe is a, a really good team. Uh, and the thing with uh, Darmstadt, uh, just to throw a little a stat at you, they have not scored except for this game today against Gladbach. They have not scored after the 24th minute in any of their games this year. All right. So if, if you guys could hold out for 25 <laughs> minutes, I would set 11 people back by the goal and just stand in front of it for about 25 minutes. If you guys could do that, I think you guys have got a good chance against them. But yeah, I'm shy. I watched the game against Godbach today. And they're, the, the fact that the refs gave Godbach a gift of a PK plus a red card Right at right at halftime, was I believe allowed Gladbach to come back against them, but Darmstadt does not. They're they're a bottom club for sure, and I think you guys will dispatch of them easily. Matt, how are you feeling? Do you think we'll dispatch of them easily, like you said? It'd be hard to see the way Stuttgart's playing right now, the way Darmstadt's playing right now. It's hard to not pick Stuttgart to win that game if Darmstadt wins. Something has gone colossally wrong. It's at home. They can't score. We can't be stopped from scoring right now. <laughs> like it's yeah, I don't mean to speak ill into existence, but like we should not have trouble with this match. All right, Matt. We love to do this to you. What do you think the odds makers have this one? Valpe is at home. They're the bigger club, higher up on the table. What do you think this spread is? How much of an advantage do you think they're giving Stuttgart in this one? I would give us two, but I'm betting Vegas only gave us one and a half. You are close. One goal. So Valve is okay. one goal in this one. What do you think the final goal uh, score is going to be? Three no. Ooh. Another uh, clean sheet for Alex, huh? I, I think unless he takes another weird Plinko ball off the face that sneaks into the net on him, um, He's just, he's been solid back there. He's making difficult saves. And more importantly, he's making all the easy ones. And his positioning has been fantastic. I've got no complaints about Alex Newbell right now. By the way, we barely talked about Alex Newbell. 
he's playing really well. He had two, three really good saves in that match. Um, and like you've said numerous episodes ago, it's if you're not talking about the defensive players, that's a good thing. Right? Yeah. Quiet success is key in defense and goalie. <laughs> Austin. All right. As an outsider, you got a little vested interest in this one. What do you think? I think you guys win this one four to one. I think, and I think the goal that Darmstadt get, it gets is going to be some desperation, just fluke goal, probably right at the end, maybe a, off a PK or something. But yeah, I think you guys, like I said, I think you guys dominate this game. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to take that Valby win in this one. I, 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 as optimistic as I've ever been in Stuttgart supporter, Matt. Man, see this. How many goals does Seiru score? I think we're going to win this one three to one. Actually, no, I'm going three to zero on this one. But how many of those three do you think are Seiru? I think Jirasi nets one and sets the other two up. Ooh, who do you think the other two are? I think Furich and Silas are each going to nail one. I hope Silas is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Austin, any yeah. last thoughts before we wrap this one up? As as a Valve Bay fan, as you guys are, you're going to have to, at some point, look yourself in the mirror and just be like, we're a good team, and just accept it. No, no, no. <laughs> and Matt, no, I can't do we, it. We've been hurt too many times, Austin. <laughs> that at all. All right, Austin, Matt, thanks so much for joining us this episode. Appreciate it. And hopefully, Matt, you know, next week we talk after a big win over Darmstadt. We'll talk to you next week, guys.